Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. As the intro said, I am your host, Stephen Dew, and I am back after a couple of weeks. This 2020 is just one of those years that just have up and down, ebbs and flows, just crazy as it can be. We're still in the middle of an election that uh, we don't know the outcome of yet because it's being heavily contested in several states. I'm reading that these things won't hold up and Joe Biden will, in fact, be our president because most of the things have been thrown out. These lawsuits have been thrown out, uh, but it's still not over. Regardless of how this thing turns out, we are still in 2020 mode by not even knowing who our president is. It, it goes back to 2000 between Bush and Gore, where 37 days went on before we found out who the president was going to be. Some of you remember that. Some of you don't. Uh, but we're still in the middle of uh, the election. We're still in the middle of COVID-19. We are actually seeing COVID-19, quote-unquote, surge across America. Now, I know I say that in quotes. I know some of you listeners are, are really taking this COVID-19 seriously, as am I. I believe it is a serious virus that is in our communities. It's in our states. It's in our, it's in our world, as a matter of fact. But I believe, uh, I don't want to get into it, but I believe it's being politicized and polarized to a level that is really dangerous for uh, not only our freedoms and, and, and dangerous to the Constitution, but dangerous to our churches. As we've seen another spike across the country lead to more lockdowns. And I just read uh, a headline of a post that Jeff Durbin posted just a few minutes ago that said 8 million people now in poverty from the first lockdown. And here we are headed into a second lockdown in many places. And many people have struggled during this lockdown. And and uh, we have to really, as a church, be looking for those people that are struggling and hurting and do what we can to help them as the church. But 8 million people in poverty. And here we are going into a second lockdown across the, state, the United States from state to state and varies from wherever you may live. But we also see this thing starting to creep up on the churches again. And they're putting a really difficult... Uh, putting the church in a really difficult place in many different spots of the United States, whether they have to choose between continuing to gather as the church as being essential or submitting to what the governors are saying and closing down the churches, all the while strip clubs and liquor stores and casinos are remaining open across the states where churches are being asked to shut down. Uh, so really there's not uh, a hard place that the church is being stuck in. If that's the case, then the church should defy those orders and gather because if you're like me, we believe that church is essential and we need to gather with the body of Christ. The church needs to be together and gather with one another for that edification, that um, admonishment, that love that is all encompassed in the, in the local church. So we believe that church is essential. I believe that church is essential and many pastors are in frustrating spots right now. Luckily, our church is in Arkansas, and, and we're not having to face that right now. We're able to meet. We're able to do business as usual pretty much with some safety precautions in place, but not so for other places across the country. And and one thing that I've seen uh, is that this is just not going to end anytime soon. 
I'm seeing that this looks like a long haul thing. I don't see this ending anytime soon. And uh, we're just stuck with it. It is what it is. We're just going to have to roll on, give God glory, exalt Christ, and love one another through it. But what I want to talk about today on the episode is uh, simply, you've, you may have seen the title and you may have been intrigued and wanted to come in and, and see what we're talking about today, but we're going to be talking about where have all the Cowboys gone. Now, some of you may have gone straight to the Dallas Cowboys, who they're all just gone apparently because uh, last time I checked, they can't win a football game. So whatever you think about when you think Cowboys, this is what I'm thinking about. See, an actual actual Cowboys out west, ranching, farming life. They are on the backs of horses every day. They're roping cattle. They're uh, riding horses. They're mending fences. They're doing very, very tough work. Now, there's a saying out there that the, the cowboy is the last of a dying breed, and that, that simply means that we don't see a generation that works as hard as cowboys do. We don't see a generation that's willing to put in the blood, sweat, and tears as, as cowboys do in the farming life, or even those that participate in rodeos. And I'm not here to talk about cowboys. I'm not here to talk about rodeos. But what I want to do is kind of talk about where have all the cowboys gone and also use this in, in, in terms of where have all the men gone in America, and maybe, and even in the whole world, but we're going to focus on America right now. We're going to focus on, well, we may have listeners from across the pond or somewhere else, so we're going to just stay, stay yeah, where have all the men gone in the world? Because recently I've seen an article, and Harry Styles, I believe that he is like a lead singer for One Direction, or used to be, and now he's, I don't know, but Harry Styles, you may have heard the name, and you may have seen this, but he is on the cover of the December issue of Vogue magazine, and he is wearing a dress. And this is one of the most influential younger people of our time that many young people look up to, many kids are looking up to, and they're seeing this young man wearing a dress, and not just one dress, he's in a different dress and in a few pictures and uh, just experimenting with clothes, and I'll read a quote to you from him out of that article here in just a few minutes, but where have all the men gone in our world? Where are they at? Where are those men that are tough, that are willing to put in the work, that are willing to get up and go to work early if, and work hard, whether that is a blue-collar job, a white-collar job, or, or whatever it is? Where are those men that are willing to get up and provide for their families and lead their families love their families. And we think about this, even in the past, just think about the, the 1800s, the 1900s. These men had to build homes from their bare hands. They had no tools or equipment, and they were sawing down trees and doing all these kinds of things and building houses that withstood the wind and weather and all of these things. And they worked from sunup to sundown just to put food on the table. And the mothers were in the home working and preparing and raising kids and, and, and preparing the meals for the family. And the men were working hard every single day. We fast forward to the 50s and the 60s and we see the men get up and go to work and they're doing, doing things that they need to do. And, and now here we are in 2020 and we've got more people that would 
rather stay home and do nothing because you can draw more on an unemployment check than you can out working. So they don't want to go out and work and put forth any effort to to provide for their families or provide for themselves. They want to let the government do it. And in the meantime, we've seen a steady decline in manly men. Now, let me just say this for all of you that are listening. Manly men does not have to mean you have to be an alpha male, Tim the Tool Man, Taylor <laughs> type man. It doesn't mean you have to be able to deadlift 300 pounds. It doesn't mean you have to bench press a horse. It, it just simply means that you are a man who takes care of his family, that takes care of yourself, that goes to work day in, day out, that does the things that need to be done on a daily basis, but specifically in our context as believers, we want to look at men as men that raise their family in the Lord, that they're reading their family scriptures, that they're discipling their kids, that they're even going to work to provide as the leader of the home, and they're doing the things that a leader in the home is supposed to do, not sit back and be passive, not sit back and try on new clothes and and wear dresses as men and be feminine as men. Now, I know that there is some men that have more feminine qualities and traits, but even those men as believers I've been around are manly men because they do what God has called them to do, and that is lead their family, go to work, make a living with their hands, and live a quiet and peaceful life. However, we have seen a decline in manly men, especially biblical men, because many people that would claim to be Christians, those men would rather sit at home and watch football on Sundays or go uh, sit in a tree stand on Sunday mornings than to come gather with his family in the local church and his wife and kids may show up and he sits at home and does whatever he wants to because he doesn't feel like he needs to gather with the local assembly. And let me tell you something, folks, the Bible teaches us not to neglect the gathering of the saints. So if you are are a believer, your desire should be to gather with the saints every Lord's Day. Now, I know there's things that come up and are hindrances, and sometimes you can't make every Lord's Day service. You can't do this or go there because you got something come up and that's okay and it's okay to go on vacation it's okay to go deer hunting every now and then but many men are putting all of these things before the lord and before his family and they it, there's just a decline in men you can have some of the most toughest roughest uh, just hard working men still fail at being men because they're not leading their homes they're not leading their wives or their kids in the way of the lord and then you got this whole other side that is just drawn to the leftist culture, this progressive movement where they want to wear dresses. They want to say that uh, men can go in girls' bathrooms, girls can go in men's bathrooms. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be a transgender. You can be a bi- non-binary, whatever that is. You can be whatever you want to be. You can declare these things and say you're these things, and it's okay. And here we have an influential man or a young man in pop culture who is dressing in dresses, a man dressing in women's clothing. Now, there's a lot of people out there, a progressive movement, this postmodern culture that would say there's nothing wrong with a man wearing a dress. Clothes should be gender neutral. And as a man who believes that God created both male and female, I would have to disagree with that. I believe that we should have clothes for men and clothes for women. We should have two different types of clothing men's bodies are different than women's bodies and i think clothes fit different for each body type specifically in the men's section when i go buy blue jeans there's athletic there's straight there's relaxed there's loose there's slim there's skinny there's all sorts of types of men's 
pants because there's many different body types. Now, I think we've gotten a little carried away on the skinny jeans there for a while. And uh, they started to look more like leggings on a, on a worship leader. I'm just kidding, worship leaders. But no, I'm not. Really, it's the worship leaders that started it several years ago with the skinny jeans and big V-neck shirts. But that is even in itself uh, starting to move to a more, a more culture that is progressive because we say you can wear whatever you want to wear. You can do whatever you want to do. And once you start messing with doing whatever you want to do, you start dabbling in sin. And when we start to put men in dresses, I believe we've crossed the line. And, 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 and we can disagree on this, but I think once men start getting in dresses and saying it's okay, we are losing men to a greater and greater disadvantage because they, it's becoming acceptable. But let me tell you something. We're not going to be losing the men that are... 30 plus. Most 30 year olds and up are going to look at other boys and men wearing dresses as something that should not be tolerated, something that should be put aside. But it's the younger culture that is looking at this, that is going to these public schools that are being taught this socialist agenda that's being taught this progressive ideology that they're going to sit in these classrooms for eight hours a day, years upon years, and they're going to be fed that, that America's bad, that men can wear dresses and it's okay, that the LGBTQ agenda is okay, that abortions are okay. They're going to be fed all of this socialist agenda, and they're going to grow up and look at their quote-unquote idols, the people they look up to, like Harry Styles and all of these people, and they're going to look at this and say, well, it's okay. We can wear dresses. Luckily, I grew up when Dennis Rodman was acting crazy and wearing dresses and had all kind of crazy outfits on. But I was solid enough with a family that raised me to think that was not the way you should dress as a man. Now, Dennis Rodman, many of us would look at him and say, well, that's a man. He's a tough man. But he's kind of crazy. He didn't leave a good example for younger kids. And, and But my generation would look at that and just kind of shrug it off like, that's crazy. That's Dennis Rodman. He's a nut. Nowadays, because the progressive agenda has gotten into the government, put, run public schools, it's got into all sorts of things that we watch, that we listen to. It's crept in, and now the younger generation looks at this and says it's acceptable because every man that they see on TV, on Twitter, on Instagram, that man is being uh, wearing dresses, wearing clothes that do not look like men's clothes, just very feminine. And we look at this and say, this is good. And we have a whole generation watching. Here is the problem we have as Christians We've got men on one side that would say, I'm like Tim the Toolman Taylor. I would never wear a dress. I'm a manly man. I like to hunt, fish, do all these things, but they're not leading their families or taking them to church on the Lord's Day. Then you got this other side that's like, man, I'm bought into the progressive agenda. I, I am living my best life now. I'm going to do what I think is right because I've been indoctrinated to think that this progressive way of thinking is the exact way that this world should be ran. We should be able to declare ourselves or identify ourselves as transgender or female or male if we are the opposite gender we can identify as whatever we want to because we should have that right and freedom as americans this is this is what we're being taught so we have these these men on each side of the equation and then you got a few christian men a few biblical christian men i hate having to qualify christian 
men or Christian women with the word biblical or even a church as a biblical church because we have so much uh, progressive thought running through the church that we're finding uh, people in the church leaning to this progressive way of moving and living and doing life, and it's pulling them away from the true biblical doctrines that we find in the scriptures, and we find ourselves losing men to the progressive way of thinking who are more concerned about social justice and saying Harry Styles is okay wearing a dress than they are about raising their kids in the way of the Lord and training them up in the way that they should go and teaching them the gospel of Jesus Christ and loving their wife like Christ loved the church. They're so concerned in conforming their their identity around CRT. They're conforming their identity around this progressive way of thinking. And then you've got these other men that are so far out that they're not even concerned about that, that they think it's so ignorant to be that this progressive way of thinking that they're going to stay in their caves and they're going to do what they want. And you've got a few biblical men that are holding on. You've got a few biblical men that are just trying to do their best to raise their families and do well the way that the Lord has taught them, and they're being pulled each direction because they see all of these things around them, and they they yearn for and long for these men to come back into a, a, a right understanding of being a man. And when we think of a biblical understanding of being a man, we see what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, when he says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, Act like men. Be strong. Act like men. We've got a lot of men acting like sissies and not standing firm in their faith or in faith at all, and they're doing their own thing. They're trying to be this progressive uh, progressive way of thinking and leaving the true gospel in its in the rearview mirror, or we got guys that are too good to go to church. They got other things they got to do, they want to do. They, they think church is boring, so they're not going to do it. Yet many of these people on both sides of the coin would say, I am a Christian. And remember that you can profess to be a Christian all you want, but if you do not possess faith in Christ, then you are not a Christian. So we have men on both sides of this progressive movement and the I'm going to go deer hunting and scratch and burp and do all these things that men do, but I'm not going to church because that's boring. That's stupid. I, can, I, don't, I don't want to go there. But then you've got solid, dedicated brothers that are living their life for the Lord that yearn to see these men come back and to be saved and to step back into a right relationship with God if they're in a, a season of sin, whichever way that may be. And you've got these men that are acting like men that are standing strong in their faith, and it's burdensome to them. It's frustrating to them to be the leaders of some other man's kids when they're at church because those men won't act like men. They won't stand up, be strong, and lead their families well. And it's not getting any better because we've got a culture that is feminizing men and putting its progressive ideologies out there. And it, you've got two lanes, and they're both going away from the church. However, they're both wide open, and they lead to destruction. So, men, I want to urge you on this episode, if you are standing firm in your faith, if you're acting like a man, if you're leading your wife, if you're leading your kids in the way of the Lord, keep going. I know that you're going to get frustrated, you're going to get 
tired. You're going to want to quit. You're going to look at the world around you and feel like giving up sometimes. But the Bible teaches us that we are in a war with an enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We are in a war with not flesh and blood, but with the powers of the principles, principalities of the air. We're at war with Satan himself, the evil things of this world that we cannot see. We are in a battle every day. Galatians 5 fleshes this out where we are at war with the spirit and the flesh, and we have to fight this battle daily. And some days you're going to want to let your flesh win. You're going to want to give in. You're going to want to give up. You're going to throw in the towel. But let me urge you, men of God, stand firm. And even like the movie says, be courageous. Be men of courage. Stand firm in your faith. Keep going. Lead your families well. Continue that family worship time. Even if you don't feel like it's going anywhere, it is. It's worth it. So let me do this too. Let me urge you to continue if you if you are. And if you aren't, I want you to start. Pray for men everywhere. Pray for men to be saved. Pray for men to understand and that the church is important. Pray for men to have their blind eyes opened by the Lord and they would be saved and come into uh, under the authority of a local church and they'd bring their family to church. And if you're, you're a single man, this goes for you too. You can continue to pour into even yourself. Lead yourself uh, in the way of the Lord. Be obedient to the scriptures. You can pray for other men. And if your kids, listen, if your kids are in public school, I would think about pulling them out because there is a progressive agenda that's on the table and it's getting into the ears of every child in a government school. Now, your school district may be light years behind this movement, but be careful, be watchful, pay attention to what they're learning, pay attention to what they're saying about what their teachers are saying. And if you haven't thought about it yet, think about pulling them out of public school and homeschooling them or whatever you need to do as a parent. And if they are in public school, make sure you are training them up in the ways of the Lord in the right way so they will know, understand, and love the Lord. And when they hear error, and when they hear progressive ideology, they will be able to understand that it's sinful, that it is not right, that it is not biblical, and they will be able to hold fast to the true biblical gospel of Jesus Christ and hold fast to his word. All of the men, where have they gone We need an awakening. We need something to shake men to their core to help them realize that the life spent with Christ is the best life. It's not going to be the easiest life. It's not going to be the the, the, the greatest uh, life that you can put on display. It may be a life of suffering and persecution and, and, and toughness, but that's okay. That's where sanctification happens. It happens in the midst of this suffering and these trials. It strengthens our faith, making us more like Christ. The life in Christ, even in suffering, is the best life to live because we have joy in salvation, that we have been saved by grace through faith, and one day we will stand perfected with Christ as we see him for who he is in all of his glory. 
for all of eternity. But until then, we are here, we labor, we groan in the already, not yet, and we're seeing this progressive movement around us, this postmodern agenda. We see all of these things happening. We see men that could care less. We need to be on our knees. We need to be praying for these men. We need to be praying that God would save these men. We need to be praying that God would bring them into an understanding of the the, the usefulness and the, the how essential church is and needs to be and how they need to be there to lead their family week in and week out on the Lord's Day to church. And we need to pray that God would bring back men that love him and love their wives and love their kids and do anything and everything for God's glory because all of the men are leaving. It's, they're going away. We, we've got men that are slaves to their iPhones, slaves to their jobs, slaves to the woods, slaves to everything else but Christ. And I want to give a shout out to you mothers, you women that are holding down the fort, you saved women that are leading your family, that are dragging them, sometimes those kids to church, that you're loading them up. You might be late. You might be um, walking in with two different pairs of shoes on, but by God's grace, you've got your family in church. Women, thank you for doing that. Thank you for stepping up when all the men haven't been able to step up or don't want to step up. We appreciate women that do that. I've always grown up in churches when I was younger and seen so many more women in the church than I did men. So many more women having to teach Sunday school and lead discipleship classes because men would not step up to do it. They wouldn't show up for church because they had better things to do. Man, we need a revolution. We need a turnaround of men. And we had to start preaching what men do, how men act, how men love their families. We've got to start preaching it. We've got to start teaching it. We've got to start getting it into our discipleship. We've got to go get the men. We've got to get to the men with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the richness of God's word because this world is destroying the man as we know it. This world is destroying the biblical man that God has created. So let's be on our knees. Let's be in prayer for men. Let's be in prayer that God would save them, bring them back, that we would go teach them the gospel, that we would teach them the word of God, and that we would pray for those women that are bringing their families to church week in and week out because the, ch the church is losing its men. We got to get them by God's grace. Let's not lose our men to the progressive ideology that's trying to sweep across America and is doing a good job at it. Let's stand firm, be steadfast, and men, let's act like men. Let's be strong, and let's go get them for the grace of God and for his glory. Thank you for listening. God bless.